Welcome to this episode of the Butler Legacy Podcast. I'm here with my esteemed cousin <laughs> and co-host, Loretta Butler-Turner. Loretta, you are always just so gorgeous. Thank you. I love, I love these adjectives you use. They're absolutely superlative. Uh, thank you very much for bigging me up, but it's not about us, Franklin. No, it's not about us, <laughs> but it's always good to be back here uh, to our listeners who continue to watch these podcasts, who go with us on their walks, who play these podcasts in their cars. We want to thank you for just being uh, such a great audience. We've gotten so much incredible feedback about the impact of these podcasts, uh, having on so many Bahamians, so many people who are interested in uh, families and legacy businesses. And as a part of our heritage, uh, Samilo and Lady Caroline, our grandparents, were at the forefront of political change in our country. And of course, we've had some economic success as a part of that as well. And so we're delighted to be able to tell our story. But before we go into today's story, I want to just thank our sponsors. Well, I'm always so happy to be in this space. I think this is actually one of the most peaceful, serene, encouraging, energizing spaces in the Bahamas. And so we really, really must give a debt of gratitude to Bahamar and of course, the Echo Gallery here at Bahamar for being our sponsors, along with the Butler Legacy Foundation. We thank you so much because none of this would be possible without our sponsors. And it is so exciting to be able to have such esteemed sponsors. But I want to say, Franklin, today um, I'm feeling, uh, even though you've yes. said, ha given me these superlative um, adjectives, I feel so proud. Uh, to be a Bahamian, yes. because we've just really come off the heels of a Fifth huge year. celebration over the past week, and hopefully we'll continue a lot of this over the year, um, our 50th anniversary of independence. Absolutely. Absolutely, Loretta. And the festivities have been incredible. I certainly want to give a shout out to the committee who was organizing all of the events. I, I was able to watch the tattoo. Uh, I was able to see you. <laughs> Even at the uh, the seventies dance, which was fantastic, there have just been so many incredible events that continue to tell the story of how we've grown as a nation over fifty years. And so, I think you know this administration and those who are responsible for all of the gatherings should really be commended for just an incredible few weeks of celebrating. And I'm sure it's not all done. Uh, there, there are several other events still to come, but we just want to. Uh, 
commend all those who are responsible for without helping question us celebrate 50 years of independence without question the reenactment i thought you know just to give you a little bit of what i thought were the highlights for me even though there were a lot of beautiful events um i particularly enjoyed the clifford park yeah. um uh event where we reenacted what happened um 50 years ago at Clifford Park. And I'm going to get into that a bit more because we have a very special guest who was an, a huge part of that um, 50 years ago. And then, of course, I would like to say that this past weekend, when um, BFM yes. and the, uh, the entire body um, and executives and members of BFM put on, I thought, one of the most amazing ecumenical services that really celebrated the framers of our constitution, constitution yes. and those who were signatories to the constitution in 1972. Um, Big shout out to BFM for that. So everything thus far for the celebrations has been superbly done and superbly attended. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So Loretta, it's like teasing the audience. We talk about 50th anniversary, but we have the most incredible guest ever. Yes. I mean, one of the lead protagonists in our independent story, maybe in a more background role, I'm sure is what she would say. But the reality is we have a very special guest in Dame Marguerite Pinling with us today. Well, I, I'm so happy to introduce her because, you know, in her, well, first of all, she was Lady Pinling because her husband was knighted, Absolutely. but she was knighted in her own right um, when she became our 10th Governor General Correct. and second female Ooh, Governor General in, in the Bahamas. So we refer to her by her correct title, Dame Marguerite, who uh, I must say, I told her before the show, oh my goodness, I'm so jealous of her. She wore and could still wear a dress she wore 50, 50 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And she's 91 and absolutely beautiful, stunning, and just as stunning as she was 50 years, years ago, ago when she danced with then Prince Charles, now King Charles III. And so we have Dame Marguerite. And then, of course, when we talk about legacies, remember now what we're talking about are the threads that... Um, hold together our generations and so we're very happy to also have a young entrepreneur physiotherapist oldest granddaughter of sir linden and dame marguerite the beautiful holly marguerite sands and we'd like to welcome you both welcome to you the both butler to legacy, the butler legacy podcast. podcast it's thank a pleasure much. to have you both. Thank, thank you thank you for having us you're both absolutely Beautiful. Can't help it. I know it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank I love you. it. So, Dame Marguerite, let me just get us right started. Um, let's start could, at the very I, could beginning. I, could I explain something? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was given a, a damehood way back in 2007 mm -hmm. for charity, Red Cross work, and politics. My first damehood was a DCMG. Okay. Wow. And my second damehood came from Her Majesty being her representative was Dame Grand Cross. Oh. Congratulations. So I'm, I'm the holder of two damehoods. Congrat. I'm sorry. See, this is what I mean when I tell you you learn something every day. Every time we come and today, shows. that is a lesson for me. Thank so you very much. The was the first one. What was the second one? 
Dame Grand Cross when I was represent when I represented Her Majesty the Queen as her Governor General of the I Bahamas. I understand. Congratulations, okay. Madam Lady, and Dame. Two times. Or Dame twice. Two times. <laughs> Dame cubed. Dame exactly. Cubed. Absolutely. Squared. 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 Exactly. So listen, uh, Dame Margaret, if we can thank you for that clarification. Let's talk to us. You know, obviously you are now seen as a states lady, very well recognized for your contribution and helping Sir Lyndon in his journey of leading our country to majority rule and independence. But you started from very humble beginnings in South Andros. Why don't you uh-huh. tell us a little bit about how you grew up and your journey and, and, before. And I was so pleased yesterday that during the service at BFM, they presented me with a yacht I sailed from South Andros onto New Providence. <laughs> I loved it. It was so it's beautiful. It's a pity you don't have a picture of it to show um, today. But um, God has been good. Yes. And I think when they wrote that song, I thank it for his goodness, the goodness of God. Yes. I think they wrote that one with me in mind. Yeah because he has done so much in my life. Having sailed from South Andros on the Endurance, took two days to reach Nassau, down in the belly of the boat with the old ladies smoking their tobacco pipes. But I look back at that now when I give God thanks for all of that because he was preparing me for something else that I had no idea of what it was until some young gentleman uh, who saw me first, because obviously I did not see him. I didn't realize he was rent his law chambers. He was renting from my employer. And so he had to come to my office to pay his rent. I see. I didn't know that. Never saw him in my life. <laughs> and so every afternoon I was sent to the post office to collect the mail at three o'clock. And this afternoon, this person said, hello. Of course, I didn't look around because I don't know anybody. I'm just from Andros, so I don't know who. So you know, fresh off the boat. And he did Literally. that on, or just off the boat. <laughs> he did that three on three afternoons in a row, and I said, "Uh huh." And in the in the in the reception area, because I was in photography, and we had a lot of framed photographs in the entrance hall, so you were able to see shadows coming from East Street to Shirley Street, and from West from Parliament. To, to the Johnson Building, now opposite the um, uh, Zion Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And so when I saw him coming, I tipped into the dark room. Yeah, she said, she always tells us, I hid from him before I met him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so, and so he said, I know you're in there because I saw you. You may as well come out, but I Aww. never came out. <laughs> he, saw, he saw what he liked and he liked what he saw. Uh-huh, and he so, pursued it. So I just and wanted to ask a question. You never came out. So did he come in or how did No, that no, work? he went to his office. I right, just wanted to make sure. But, the third, but the, third, the third time he came to say hello, I came out. <laughs> I got you. I, but who was he? One Lyndon Pilling. You ain't tell us who he was. Because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> well, now you have to tell us. But um, uh, it was very interesting. Obviously, he saw something in me that he thought he could pursue or groom to be what he wanted in a, in a, in a, in a mate. Ship, the Bible says a ship meeting, something, something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it took a while. It took a while. And then with the straw that broke the camel's back was one Saturday afternoon I was working at the studio and um, the phone rang and it was his father telling me that Lyndon has just been hit in his eye at, uh, um, what's the park name there by Grandstown? 
the well, Southern Recreation Grounds gotcha. playing ball, and he was hit, the ball was in the sun, and he didn't see the ball coming, and it whacked him in his eye. And I must please go to the hospital to to visit him. Mm. I never saw his family in my life before. <laughs> but they knew about you. Well, mm-hmm. Apparently. So, so tell us about the wedding that then took place at Saint Anne's early one morning. Well, she won everything, eh? Yeah, uh huh. We want to hear about this. Um, yeah, it, uh, there were six people at the wedding. Well, tell, uh, tell them how you got to the church. How did I how did he to... ask you to go to the church? Oh, so we're getting married next Saturday morning. Be there. <laughs> so that was the, that was the official proposal. Mm-hmm. That was that. Okay. At Saint Anne's Church, and Father John Pugh married us. That is amazing. Um, L.B. Johnson was his best man. Because your parents wouldn't have even have been here. No, didn't know them. To I, do it, because he would have done it the right way. Oh, I don't know. He was <laughs> he was in the middle of, you, you have to understand that he was in the middle of a campaign, 1956 general election. Ah, interesting. And he took a week off to get married. Interesting. Was and there we, a honeymoon? And, no, we did rent a house up by Samilo's residence there on any street. Uh-huh. And when the when the um, owners understood it was for pinning the PLP, they refunded the rent, and so we had nowhere to stay. <laughs> I love it. No, seriously. Oh my god! The, the PLP then I could use that word, eh? Yeah, yes. of course. The, the PLP then was a bad word, and it was new to everybody, and they didn't want any. And so, seeing that he, we got married, and he didn't tell his parents either, <laughs> we didn't have anywhere to stay, and so. Uh, we ended up at his father's house on East Street. Awesome, awesome. Incredible. Awesome. And I lived there for four years. And you know, these are the stories that, you know, inspire young people, or I think should help to inspire. Because one of the things that we also talk about when we talk about legacy is obviously family. And, you know, your in-laws would have had an integral part from the time you did not know your then father-in-law to be called to tell you that you needed to go to the The hospital. hospital. You'd Mm -hmm. never met him. And then the next thing, you're married and you're living with them. You know, so, you know, the dynamics of that must have been interesting. It really was. (laughs) And, uh, And so the first week, the first Sunday afternoon, we were... Uh, at home, and he picked up his briefcase and and it was leaving. So I said, "And, and where are you going?" Because I didn't want to stay with his parents. <laughs> so he says, "I don't really have the time to tell you what I'm doing. If you want to know, you have to follow me." Jeez. And I've been following him ever since. Amen. Wow! What a story! Wow! What mm-hmm. a story! Thank you so but much I had for to giving learn. us that I had insight. To, I had to learn. I had to learn. I, and I had a good teacher, and I really picked up along the way. And here we are today. That is so amazing. Yeah. See that? You know, I really love. The Bible love. speaks about uh, submission, but my goodness, that is a different level of submission. You, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't have thought. You, 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 you wouldn't get young brides to. to Not to sign up for In that. those days, you had to say, oh, um, will and obey, love and honest and obey. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not today. Wow, incredible. Work. You know, one of the things that Dame Marguerite said to us off camera was that she did not know much about Lyndon Pindling, meaning the public figure. Absolutely. All right? She knew everything about him the father, at home. Absolutely. The husband, the father, yeah. the grandfather. Um, I can tell you, as a young person, a young professional person, one thing I recall is, yes, he was the Prime Minister of the Bahamas, but you could almost set your clock each day. Bay Street used to have traffic going both ways. Right, I remember. Mm -hmm. So you can see by Marlborough Street, 
the police officer driving Sir Lyndon Pinling at lunchtime, heading west to their residence out west. Do you know what he was going for? Lunch? Lunch. Oh, wow. You could set your that watch. Was a priority for him. Every I want day. you to tell us a little bit, since you know nothing about his public life. <laughs> I oh, say very, that very little, anyway, talking very cheap. little. <laughs> very little. Tell us about your family life with Sir Lyndon. Correct. Well, I am uh I am uh very pleased that he decided but we made it we made it impossible for him not to come home for lunch. I had my own social calendar uh and so I ordered I organized my events to end at twelve noon so that I would be at home when he arrives for lunch. We had a very good Bahamian cook and uh Slindon's favorite was crab and rice and fried snapper. And he loved the snapper head. And so the only way he could enjoy his lunch is to bring a separate plate, a platter with all the fish. And he would sit there at it with his heart, to his heart's content, sucking all the fish head. Wow. That's my favorite part of the fish too. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I love it. It's the, it's the best part, it's the sweet part. But you know, what a lot of people don't know, you talk about you all had a good cook. I don't know if you want to share with people that you're also a very good cook yourself. I was told that off camera, but you did, I see you skip around. You talk about how you had a good Bahamian cook. <laughs> Bahamian dishes only. I, I, I'm an old-fashioned cook with coconut milk grated in the kitchen mm -hmm. and strained in, in, in the piece of um, flour bag, a Robin Hood flour bag. You probably remember yeah, yeah, that. I, right. I know a little bit about that. Yeah. There, are very, there are very few people I would eat from Bahamian food, but I will eat my mom's food. Homemade guava duff. Yeah. Homemade, homemade coconut bread. Mm. And you still cooking today? Oh yeah. Sometimes. Lovely. Lovely. But um but getting back to Pindling, he he healed very quickly and um like I said, he took a week off to get married and we returned uh to Nassau that um Sunday afternoon and Monday morning he was on the campaign trail and mm -hmm. I was there following. But that evening when he said uh, don't, I don't have the time to explain to you, you'd have to follow me, we went straight to the Southern Wreck. Southern Recreation Grounds for a rally. It's the first time I heard a rally, never. Mm. And I learned, I learned a lot. But I want to tell you a story about your grandfather. Um, there was a rally being held at the Western Senior School. And uh, the, uh, the, the rally was in full swing and people were all over the place. And uh, I could remember standing between Meeting Street and Blue Hill Road and the then Samilo Butler arrived with his son Franklin. Okay. And they were both wearing white linen suits. And that was the evening that the late Samilo Butler stepped onto that stage at the Western Senior School and he and Franklin joined the PLP that night. That was a heart rendering, tear dropping moment because Samila was always so very quiet yeah. and you didn't know, but when he walked into that room, everyone knew what he was going to do because he showed it the night before. The words that he said and the compliments that he paid and he thought he's seen an organization that he could be That's a part a of. Thank you for sharing and, that with uh, us because we know that he was a reluctant person yeah. to become a part of the political PLP. organization. Mm -hmm. And so we really appreciate you sharing that. But he was out there long before the PLP came around. Yes, for sure. At the Bahamas General Hospital on a Sunday afternoon with his straw basket, giving out 
threepences and sixpences and one shilling to patients mm -hmm. in their beds. Yeah. So, Dame Margarita, can I ask? You, you talk mm -hmm. about Samilo and Franklin signing up for the PLP. Give context to that, because the PLP wasn't, you know, this political dynasty that you could say it is today. Well, that was 56, but it was, uh, it was growing. That's the point. That feeling was growing, because PLP is a feeling. Right. And it's an institution. Right. And, um, and when they knew that Samila was coming, that memento, memento built up. It was horrendous. I talk about it now. You get goosebumps. Because I, when we, we realized that when he gave himself to this organization, we know that we were in business. Wow. Because Samilo had, he always said the best was in the West. <laughs> and, I like that saying. And, uh, and, and the late Paul Adley copied that as well, but he copied from Samilo. Okay. But he saw that he could, he could, he could reach the goal that he wanted for his people in Baintown through this organization. And that gave us more impetus to carry on. Beautiful. Holly, I want to draw you into this because, you know, sometimes it's difficult to grow up in the shadow yeah. of persons that cast such a huge um, shadow over our landscape, political, social, economic. These men were giants. Mm -hmm. um, what they represented was an enormous amount of change yeah. that happened very rapidly. Um, I said earlier that your mom was the first child, well, she was the last child of your grandparents, but the first to born free, as your Grammy puts it, my after 67. I'm sorry, your aunt. She's Michelle's child. That's right. And so tell us what it's like to have um, grown up with this legacy and, you know, just to, to live in the shadows of your grandparents and your parents. I think the first thing I'll say is I'm, I'm very proud of who I am. I would not change a single thing about it. But I think the real answer to that question comes depends on who's asking, what their politics are, and what generation they're asking from. It's a blessing to be, you know, my mom's granddaughter and papa's granddaughter. But growing up in the shadow, to use your words, it can also be challenging. Yep. It was hard growing up as a child. Why? Because, first of all, we didn't know. When I say we, I speak for me and my cousins, the grandchildren. We didn't know Papa in the way that my mom did or our parents did we knew him at home yeah we did not know him during his tenure as pm we knew him in his older age when through much of his illness wow. um my mom and her siblings would say we have it good because this grandmother sitting next to me they don't know who she is compared to the mother they grew up with. Right. She's soft and sweet and kind and evolving. <laughs> and I think that we were blessed to have that cocoon at home. Yeah. But in school, going out in public, we learned from a very young age what it means to be on. Yeah. And that children should be seen and not right. heard. And Papa was, and this one, strong and strict when it came to well manners. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, thank you. No, thank you. May we be excused. Mm -hmm. Everyone was watching 
all the time. Please and thank you. Yeah. And you had to be on it. Doesn't it? It didn't matter if school was out, if it was Sunday after church, if you was on the pitch playing whatever sport, on. Yeah. yeah. And I think that made us grow up a little faster, but nonetheless. We had we had great childhoods. But not only that, you know, one of the things when you have persons that um, are leaders, whether we like it or not, they are polarizing figures. Absolutely. Yes. And so you're talking about who is asking the question mm -hmm. and how you would answer. The truth of the matter is, Pindling would have been a polarizing figure, mm -hmm. you know, especially given the period in which he actually brought about and mm -hmm. worked for the change. Mm -hmm. So the polarization would have affected your parents. Totally. You know, when they went to school, they were living through that change. Oh, all the negatives you want to hear about Pindling mm -hmm. would have been thrown at them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you come along mm -hmm. in a generation where they would have endured that. Mm -hmm. But that legacy is still passed on. Yeah. And that's an excellent point, because as children, we absorb everything like sponges. So we're in school and these children are just repeating what their parents are uh, saying. Absolutely. And repeating what they're hearing on the radio, yep. on the streets, what's on pop, pot cake sign. And suddenly you're in school and it's election time and it's... Yeah. it's like all it's, darts are on you. Oh mm -hmm. my goodness. Yeah. You know? And I have not great memories of those times. And this is what school. we want you to talk about sure. because truly, you know, sometimes people look at legacy families and they think everything is like in an ivory tower. It's about mm -hmm. the money, the prestige, oh, the goodness. benefits, and how good life is, and mm. how good you got it, and how Lady Pin and leave you all a whole co coffin full of gold pellets and everything else. You know, that's that's the life. And I'll tell you, I never met Samilo. I'm like you. Mm -hmm. At least you met Sir Lyndon. I, didn't, I never met Samilo. I was born after he passed away. And I always tell people, I remember in um, Xavier's in primary school, we would talk about, we would have to go to Red Mass. And they would take us out of the classroom. And I'm like, Jesus. Not they, your daddy. Yeah, my daddy. My daddy, to be <laughs> <Okay>. clear. <laughs> and so come out of Red Mass, you feel embarrassed. So people ask you, where are you going? Mm -hmm. I know we're going downtown for some service, right? Mm -hmm. Because Samilo's significance yes. didn't really have the same bearing and stature mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just knew that, listen, daddy was trying to get us to understand who Samilo was. We were mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. And Which so ultimately, important. you know, Half the time you wish he wasn't a butler, but of course he carried his size. And every time <laughs> mm -hmm. you go, people say, oh, you know, that's so-and-so button. Mm -hmm. like, can, I, can I just be a child? Mm -hmm. And it don't help that your face can't hide that's it. That's the point. That's the point. That's Everywhere the point. I go. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Who on you is? Michelle and Monique. Absolutely. And the reality is, you know, um, I'm Butler Turner, but people still call me Butler. Butler. Oh, yeah. Um, the fact that your father is Sands. Mr. Sands, mm -hmm. you still pin Lynn. Oh, yeah. yeah. You understand? I, and so, I and introduce myself. Okay, he's a Sands, but he's a pin Lynn. Exactly. Right. And so these are the things, you know, Dame Marguerite, you know, that as a mother, as a homemaker, as a wife, that you had to give that balance at home. So when Holly says she only knew Grandpa as a grandfather mm -hmm. it's true because y'all never you you all never allowed those external things that you knew they would endure to enter into your the fabric of the family could i could i tell you getting back to Celindon's, uh coming home every day for lunch because the table was always beautifully set mm -hmm. 
fine linens, crystal, silver, you name it, tasty food. Because I had to make sure that he was well fortified to face out there. So he never brought his problems home. Mm. I kept that home full of life and love and happiness and good tasting Bahamian food. Never cook any fancy because I can't do fancy stuff. But I made sure that he was filled to capacity with that good old coconut milk from South Andros and the the mutton from Long Island and the crawfish from Inagua. Bahamian, and that is why he came home every day because he came home for a solid meal. Absolutely. Because he had to have that extra strength to face what was facing him out there. And I want to let you know, he never brought his problems home because I didn't allow that. Home was home where peace and love abided still to this day. Absolutely. And so Holly, you know, as like Franklin, myself and us being uh, third, fourth, fifth generations of, of legacies, it's it's also important to let people know, yes, it seems very... From the outside, it seems very prestigious, maybe even glamorous, but sometimes it's a very hard road to walk. It is. It is. It's challenging. It's, and I'm so glad we're able to have the conversation about it because while I think people are curious, I think people would be surprised to hear, you know, what it's really like. I'll tell you, I always remember people used to say we were rich, you know, we were Mm -hmm. butlers. I don't know what it is to be rich and tell the people in the say school so. tell me, say, oh, I, I hear you're all rich. Yeah. I don't know what it is to be rich. You're rich with nothing. And let me tell you, I, I had one auntie who used to tell you what you're rich with, but I ain't going to say that. <laughs> no, we can't say that here. I can leave that alone. We can't say that. But we never knew what it was when people start to impose their public yeah. views on you. Yeah. We were just children. But, sorry, but they had no idea. You, you're talking about the thing. Slindon represented a family island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's where everything went. Yeah. They forgot about us. Yeah. He forgot he had a family with everybody. Could I tell you something that took place while I was governor general? At a reception held one evening, and there were students from one of the schools, I don't remember. And this young girl embraced me, and she whispered in my ear and says, I just want you to know that Selinden paid my school fees at College of the Bahamas. Oh, really? Wow. I said, oh, <laughs> that is why I didn't have any money. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. Exactly. And, and they made how it a was. lot of sacrifices to help other people. Oh, you my know, Franklin God. can tell you, yep. um, when people talk about rich, yes, they did well, but they shared so with, much with, because with, when his father others? inherited Milo B. Butler and Sons, oh, he inherited the debt. national debt. Mm-hmm. We talk about he inherited debt and you had because to granddaddy had, to had leveraged so much, yes. you know, in giving back. And then, of course, back in those days, you know, you weren't compensated. Um, so you had to actually use your own resources mm-hmm. um, generally. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you a story that my mom likes to tell a lot. Don't mind my mom and her setting the table every, every day for lunch. She still sets that table for us every Sunday for lunch Great. with her fabulous food. And we still get together every Sunday. But I'll tell a story of that one of those Sunday lunches when we were children that my mom liked to tell about my brother, Lauren. I don't know what the occasion was, but Papa used to sit at the head of the table. And apparently Lauren said something the line, along the lines of, well, mommy, aren't we rich? And mommy was shocked. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And Papa said to my mommy, well, Shelly, why wouldn't this boy think he's rich? He got food on the table. Yep. He got a roof over his head. He got clothes to go to school and go to church and go away in. Why wouldn't he think he's rich? So Papa's definition of rich 
was quality of life. Your needs Having the needs. Listen, we were right now. We were always told. We will make sure you have your needs, needs. not your wants. Mm-hmm. And, and you better know the difference between your needs and, and your wants. wants. Mm-hmm. And when you wanted your wants. But could I tell you something too? <laughs> Talking about your grandmother. I was scared of her. Really? <laughs> us, us too. In, in, the day, in the days of the fundraising, uh, in order to send some Milo and Celindon off to London, we had to, we did a lot of cookouts. Yeah. Um, we call them picnics on the Montague Beach in the Western Esplanade. And then the time came for the Crisco to fry the conch fritters and the fish. And everybody's looking, who go in? Who y'all got sent to Miss Butler? <laughs> well, since she's the leader, why she should go. So I had to go and Miss Lady Butler would keep me standing right there. Serving everybody and just looking at me. Because I didn't know her, you see. And I don't suppose she knew who I was. Exactly. And when I got the opportunity, I stepped up to the cash register and I said, excuse me, Mrs. Butler, ma'am, Dame Bertha asked me to please find out from you if you could let us have a tin of Crisco to fry the fish. And as soon as we make the money, I'll come back and pay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, and as soon as we were able to make some money, I dashed back to Lady Butler's shop. But it speaks to the strength of you women behind the men. Absolutely. Because she realized one thing in her defense that she had to make sure the money was, was there, there. you had to make sure too that the money was there mm-hmm. and i don't even know if you went for crisco back then you probably went for lard exactly <laughs> you know you call it crisco but what i, I being, remember I they used to have to cut lard by the pound yeah. mm-hmm. you remember because lard used to come in, box. in boxes mm-hmm. and then they cut the lard mm-hmm. and then, and then they, they wrap it in butcher paper or wax paper and then you have to take it to Dame, well, she wasn't Dame Bertha then, but you have to take it up there mm-hmm. to, to Miss Isaacs yes. for her to fry the fritters. That's right. But, but those were good days. Yeah. But it was all done in love, you know. Absolutely. And with the older women, my husband always said, look, whatever these ladies ask you to do, you do, because you're the youngest here. Wow. And so you just do as they ask you and obey and have manners. So uh-huh. when we think about it, you know, we talk today about young persons like yourself, Holly, of being an entrepreneur, of being a professional person. Um, these women were dynamites yeah. behind these men. Yeah. They didn't have professions or anything like that. But without them, these men could not, not have made. been what they are. They couldn't be now, now today, we younger generation and your generation, y'all won't be... Mm-hmm. The powerhouse in front, mm-hmm. the powerhouse behind. Mm-hmm. How do you feel as one of these younger generation in a Bahamas that has just evolved after 50 years to be evolving into the next 50 years? I feel that we are on the right path. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with standing behind your man or your partner. But I think the Bahamas that Papa would have wanted is the Bahamas that we are evolving into, which would allow women to be self-sufficient, to forge their own path, to embrace their passion, to be an entrepreneur, and still be at their husband's side, be at their partner's side. She'll tell you all the time, everything he did outside of that house, she planned it first. Wow. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think you can have both. And I think we need to start criticizing ourselves and support women 
and say, it's okay to be a wife, to be a partner, but it's okay to be a leader as well. Absolutely. Right. Well, I never understood how my grandfather, and he was a big man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Mr. Pindling was a small man compared yeah. to Sir Milo. <laughs> Could I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Could I tell you this day? Well, there's so, so many days. The things that uh, sur surrounded Sir Milo. So you probably heard about the hourglasses. And Sumaila was a man who spoke loudly, yeah. and he had to pound on the table. Oh, Jesus. And, um, and so they, this day they told him to, um, to take a seat. He didn't pay any attention. That he continued. He continued. To, and I think the speaker was uh, the late Bobby Simonet. Yeah, Bobby Simonet. Mm -hmm. It was also Asa Pritchard, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, take your seat. Will the member for Baintown please take his seat? So Milo shouted, the people from Baintown send me here, and I could sit down until I finish telling their story. I come to fight for them, and I will not sit. And so this particular day, <laughs> either you take your seat or we will name you. And so Milo said, you're going to have to name me. But at that point, I tipped out of the House of Assembly, <laughs> not realizing that I was being followed by the leadership of the White Party. Oh. Beryl, Hannah, and I. Didn't know that. And because we did it before, and they never paid any, the UBP never paid any attention to us. So this particular meeting, when Sir Milo refused to sit and he was named, we tipped out of the House of Assembly. I do not know where Mrs. Hannah went to this day, but I ended up going to the leader of the opposition's room to use our telephone that I had every right to use, a yellow telephone. I dashed into this room and I called, tried to reach successor, couldn't get an answer. And suddenly I looked around and there was the late Sir Stafford and the late Sir Roland. Sir Stafford was a big man standing over Sir Roland, similar in the doorway. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. And he yanked the phone out of my hand. He said, little troublemaker, give me this phone. And I said, I'm not the troublemaker. If you if you didn't want trouble, you wouldn't put Mr. Butler out of the house. And I ran out of, I <laughs> ran, and I ran. I don't know where I went, but I wanted to tell you the next sitting of the house, they named him again. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then they brought him down in his big chair. But at that point, I ran around Rawson Square. The straw vendors used to have their Stalls. stalls set up. And the first word out of my mouth, you're gonna come, they can put Mr. Butler out of the house, y'all come. Not knowing the first woman I spoke to was the butler's, Sir Milo's right hand woman out of Baintown, Mrs. Beulah Smith. Auntie Boo. Uh huh. Auntie Boo. <laughs> See? That's what we called her, yeah. Auntie Boo. She was the first stall on the corner. Do you know, do you know she was Melanie Griffin's, Griffin's grandmother? Something. Wow. Um, mother's sister i think it was uh, yes but we used to call her auntie boo auntie boo and those were the people that samila was representing then the next the next occasion arose when samila went into the bank and uh, he did i think it was decided probably at a council meeting that he would go in the bank and demand to see the, the manager and so but when the morning came that he was supposed to have gone to the bank um Selinda asked and who's going with you samila said you are <laughs> <laughs> because he was the leader of the opposition. Yeah, yeah. And so Samilo stood outside the bank in the, entr in the entrance there and shouted that I, I would like to see the manager of this bank. I'm sure you heard this story yeah. before. And he refused to come out. And Samilo said, if you don't come out, we're coming in. 
And so he finally came out and they had a discussion and that is how blacks, because he demanded that blacks should be in the tellers in this bank. Yeah. And the next time I come back to this place, I want to see black faces. And it did happen. Wow. And, and do you also know that whenever um, they took, I guess because of Grandaddy's imposing size, yeah. because if you looked at Sir Lyndon Pinling and Mitch Hanna, they were yeah. both small men. Yeah. Shorter yeah. men for sure. I, but Mitch Hanna apparently always got thrown out then when, when, when they took survival, one, one police officer could have taken Indiana. Yeah, yeah. You but know, they, but they needed a lot to take our yeah, grandfather yeah. out because he was chair. big. You know, they, they carried him along with the, the chair. chair. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And so these are these are the battles that they fought for us. Yes. yes, these are the shoulders of the men that we stood on. I mean, for her, you know, for Dame Marguerite to run out to be agile to go and summons the straw vendors, mm-hmm, and they probably all came. It's just like the day when Sir Lyndon Pinling threw the mace out of the window. They had brought all of these people. And of course, they could run too. Because after after the mace and the the hourglass went out the window, they all ran to the Southern Recreation Grounds. I tell you about that day. Samilo played a major role in that day too. Because I was responsible for bringing the placards to Bay Street. Uh Beryl Han and myself. And so we carried the placards and we leaned them up against that pole that had the islands written on them. And I said to Mrs. Hannah, nobody's coming. The people just stood there looking at us, you know, wondering what the placards are for. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, Beryl, I guess we're going to have to wear them. So we donned ours, she and me, and then everybody ran over and put on their placards and we waited for the, for the procession because Samilo and Selinden came from the west, Sammy Isaacs from the east and A.D. Hannah from the east. It's Spurgeon, but that was the day. But my job was to stay in Parliament Street and not to move to keep the women because they were get, they knew that something was going to happen, but didn't know what. And they were coming a little antsy. And I tried to find Mr. Wallace, which said, please tell them upstairs they have to do something because the people are getting <laughs> uncontrollable. Yeah. And so I was, I was stuck in Parliament Street on that western door. And Paul Adderley's office was just upstairs. And his mother came down and wanted to know what all these people are doing. What, what, what are all these black people are doing here <laughs> in, in, in Bay Street? You know, but the, the people were well behaved because yeah. they were told if you make one wrong move, we could all be, be in trouble. trouble mm-hmm. you know? And so, and then, of course, after the mace was thrown out, Caddy and Brister, the late Caddy and Brister, who was honored uh, yesterday, yep. ran a, John Bailey was the Irish magistrate in the court, and he jumped up on the top of this car and, pretend, and proceeded to read the riot act. And Cadwell and Bristol, the union leader from the airport, he was a hotel, he was the airport workers' union chairman, ran and said, you ain't reading no riot act here today. And those were his words. You ain't reading no riot act here today. And my husband had to run by him, Caddy, come back, Caddy, because if he made one move. Tell us a little bit about the significance of reading the The riot Riot act, because you would hear the songs about it, but people, younger people especially, do not understand the import of the governor, the Queen's representative, to read the riot act. To stop, to stop what was happening before it, before it went any further, because it could have been dangerous had one person had that magistrate was allowed to read that riot act because it would have been a fight on, on the car and then the people who were seated in Bay Street would all come forward in front of Queen Victoria's statue then the pendulum would have broken out and so Pindling was able to to quell the crowd 
And I then you all peacefully went back. to the Southern Recreation. The Bahamians are peaceful people. What did we you not- do? Well, th- we talked about the peaceful transition of 1966, 67. Yeah. Tell us what you did when you all went to the Recreation Park that day. Yeah. Just spoke to thank them for coming out and uh, try to explain what took place so they asked them to behave and not get into any further trouble. Because if you get into trouble, it's going to prevent us from doing what we have in mind to do. So what we want to do, just to give context to this, frankly, yes. this was before they went into a general election. That's mm-hmm. correct. This was, these were the events that led up to people becoming a part of the civil movement, okay. the wants and the desires of the masses. Yep. And... Subsequently, the 67 elections mm-hmm. ensued. You know, before the 67, of course, you know, you had 62 women voted for the first time. Yep, that's, right. Speak, that's right. Well, I was raising a family at that time. So when all the exciting things were happening, I was either giving birth or about to yeah, yeah. go to the hospital. <laughs> every one of my children, there's a situation surrounding every one of my four children. Mm-hmm. Obi. Um, Doris Johnson spoke in Maxwell Thompson's court for women's rights. I couldn't attend that because I had just given birth to Obi. Um, Leslie came when Castro was coming down from the hills. Uh And and my husband said, don't let this child be born on the day Castro comes down. (laughs) Michelle voted, uh, was born five days before the women vote. And of course, I went to vote and we lost the election. Old people had to go back to straw bed. Uh And of course, we were not ready for 62. And by this time, we were so sure that we were going to win the 62 election. We were busy on Clifford Park having fireworks and all this, while the other people were up in St. James Road doing some things that they do best. Uh-huh. And, and we lost. Wow. But then I realized that the Lord was not ready, prepared for us yet. Yeah. We weren't quite ready. Yeah. We had to get through that 67. And I think one of the stories that is often told is the story of Sir Milo going up against Sahari Oaks, who was then probably yes. one of the most wealthy Bahamians in the world, so in the Bahamas. But so what you want to know is the story that Dame Margarita is not telling is that money actually persuaded, you know, very Very much much. and influenced, you know, the outcome of these elections at this time, because you were talking about pretty much people of little or limited means going up against oligarchs who were really the economic movers and shakers of our time. Like 56, um, um, Sammy Isaacs ran against Sir Etienne de Puge. And Sir Etienne de Puge just laid on the table the, what do you call it? The discrimination bill. And he got full support, Sir Etienne did. And of course, the next few, whenever that took place with Joan, and the general election was called, and then Sammy Isaacs, whom Sir Etienne referred to as a mere plumber, voted me out of office after all I have done for the black people. Wow. And, 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 and because the, the mothers and the wives of these husbands and children worked in the white folks' home, as you probably know. And we're not talking discrimination, but that's the way it was. And they were told. Absolutely. They were told if they voted for the PLP, don't come back to work tomorrow, or we'll call in the mortgage. Wow. Oh, that happened. Interesting. So having lived through all those turbulent times, having endured all of that, tell me some of the lessons that you are, that you have instilled and that you're hoping to have instilled in your generations that will follow? Well, the thing is, I think after, after we won in 67, there was so much to be done in the country. 
um, as you probably realize, if it's in, if it was if it was in any other part of the world, the transition wouldn't have been that sure. smooth. Because yeah. after three hundred years of rule, you don't give up power the, like the way it happened here overnight in 1967. So we thank God for that. Um, but when we came in, the first order of business was to build schools and schools and schools and more schools because they wanted educated farmers. And that is why today when I see the children on the road and not attending school, I yeah. say, well, after all the trouble we went to, yeah. to create these schools, you know, we need the children to be educated. Mm -hmm. But um, and we have to enforce some kind of law to get these children back into school because the first order of business, because I had to get out of school at the age of 14 on the family islands. Mm -hmm. And on the family islands, there was nothing to do. Either you get married, have children, or die. But when the PLP came on the scene, the order of business was to build as many schools on as many islands for the for the for 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 the children, and so today I hope we can. When you get back into Parliament, you will do something about that. <laughs> Don't speak that on my life. <laughs> but Lady Pinlin and even um, Holly, you know the thing that really intrigues me is how the political figures of that time had the full support of the general population. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think about where we are now, who, where we, 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 we seem to, who we do lost, we respect we lost, to that degree? We lost it. Um, the thing is, we, we, we work together in love and in unity. Yeah. I told you, the Progressive Liberal Party is an institution, and it's a feeling. feeling yeah. It was that feeling that was there among the people because one never moved unless the other moved. And, and we never did anything unless the leadership knew what was being done so that we wouldn't get into any trouble. Because mm -hmm. we were, we did some things. I know I did some things that I should have been put in uh, with, the, with the central station. Four, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but um, but I always had I always had the support of the women because the women were always there supporting us. But the reality is that feeling isn't there It is for our generation. And that's where the problem lies. Yeah. It's, and it's we have to try same. and create that problem if we can once. It's love. Yeah. And love is the answer. Mm -hmm. And uh, and trust. Yeah. I felt so much love on Sunday past when we were at Clifford Park. I mean, when I got there at 5.30 in the afternoon, obviously it was very hot. Hot, yeah. Um, but by about 7.30 when the sun had gone down, there was not a spot out there that I didn't see Bahamians that yes. were so proud. Yeah. And I was wishing and praying that we could just put that in a capsule mm -hmm. and preserve Once that more. Once and, more. and share Once that more. and say, listen, this is the medicine we need as yeah. a country yeah. for moving forward. Um, you know, but I hope we don't lose that. I, think, I hope we continue to, to foster that. I think if we preach it long enough, and you have to show it, you have to show it, you got to feel it. And the people gonna have to believe in you and what you're saying, mm. and for them in order. Not this, gen not her generation, maybe. Because when I look around and see all these young men who are out of school and they're the future leaders of this land, mm -hmm. my husband sacrificed me and my children for you, my child. Go in school. If the only thing, if it's the only thing you ever got out of life was a good, good education. education. But you know what? Well, let's talk about education mm -hmm. because I'll, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to ask Holly this. In all of the education you've received in the best institutions in the Bahamas and abroad, mm -hmm. what did you learn about your grandfather in school? Not enough. Simple answer, not enough. I can remember perhaps a handful of lessons where we learned about not just Sir Lyndon, but other signatories to the Constitution, other leaders in our history. We learned more about 
the discovery of this nation. Oh yeah, Columbus. Oh, yeah. Yes, and you yeah. learned about Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth and, and you Victoria. learned about King Henry and yeah. King George and King Charles and all these other people. I remember learning very like briefly when it was decided after Papa died in 2000 that he would be on the dollar bill. Mm. And that was incorporated into a lesson on currency and money mm. where a monarch was no longer on our currency and he was on the $1 bill, but not enough. And I can, that's my experience. I cannot speak for others' experience. Well, let me tell you something. Your experience is echoed throughout the Bahamas. No question. And the problem, well, the challenge I should say, because I don't think it's a problem. The challenge I would say is that when we want to have that feeling of pride, Mm -hmm. when we want to understand who we are, if we don't understand our history, then we're not going to be able to, um, to understand what it is to be a Bahamian. I am so proud of Franklin when he invited me to be a part of this, Mm -hmm. because a part of the legacy is that we do not have enough written and taught about who we are and the struggles of those whose shoulders we stand on. So to have you and your grandmother here today, as we have had other outstanding Bahamians come and share this story, you don't know the feedback we're getting from people that are hungry, hungry for our history. So when we talk about education, one of the things I think we did not do is encourage more of our people to write our history. Mm -hmm. And you know where the talent lies in this country? On the family islands. Mm -hmm. Because on weekends, my husband used to to sail down to Stanielke because he only wanted to be on a boat in order for him to sleep. And and, and and among the Exuma Keys, because it's all water, and you should see the little children, the young men, boys around six and seven and eight years old, um, sailing a Boston whaler. That's this right. Is, this is in order to get to and from to do the messages for their parents. Mm-hmm. There were no roads or anything. And so and these little boys didn't need anybody to tell them what to do. They knew their way even in the dark. Yeah. And they knew their islands, you know, but we do not know enough about our country and our people. And we do not follow up on these family islands because that's where the... It's a talent lies. But not only that, you know, when we talk about our national development, when we talk about the evolution over the next 50 years, where do we want to be? We have to actually get this history out there. When we talk about the potential and the um, strength of our family islands, the beauty of our country obviously is seen by so many people um, besides us. Us, And you learn so much from people you don't even know. Yeah. I'm sure it happens to you all the, all time. the time. You hear stories about <laughs> your grandfather that you never even knew. Yeah. And it's like, how you notice and I don't. Absolutely. But not only that, let me tell you, I think that until we ensure that the people who represent us today, mm-hmm. and when I say the people who represent us, I'm talking about those in parliament. Yes. All too often we know too, everything about the United States Mm -hmm, of America. mm -hmm. We know everything that comes on social media. We know every celebrity in the United States of America and around the world. But yet, we don't know our own islands. Who's the late Samilo Butler? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's we don't know our own that's islands. Good, but they don't. You talked about the Western Senior School. Do people know who C.R. Walker is yeah, today? Yeah. Do they know that that was Western no. uh, senior? senior Do we know why we named these schools mm-hmm. after, after these, these educators? Yeah. And I think efforts are made, just not large scale enough. Yeah. So, so Holly, my question to you then, so, you know, as you think about the pinling legacy, you know, there's no pinlings in frontline politics today. I mean, you represent G3. And mm-hmm. 
any hope of any are of we ash- are we ashamed of um our people are we ashamed of our history well that's you have no control you weren't in control you weren't responsible for how we were how we were handled you you had no um that was not, you know, that's the way they saw it then. But we see it in a different way. We believe in sharing our country. That is why now the islands are now referred to as the family the island. islands rather than being the out islands. I got you. So we brought the family into the mainland Absolutely. and make our people feel a part of this country. Yeah. Because it's it's such a beautiful history. It is a beautiful history. And 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 we did the change without bloodshed. And God was in the picture. That's right. That is right. And we thank your grandfather for that. My son, I want you to know that whilst Ben Salinden traveled, Samilo was always by his side. Before, he was like a guiding angel, guardian angel. And I always felt safe when I knew Samilo was with him. Well, tell us some more about the relationship with Samilo and and Salinden. Very little. You know, I don't think I had 20 words with him. (laughs) Really? I, but I... I felt like a little girl sitting at the feet of my father because wow. I didn't know him. I only saw him on the stage and pounding on the desk. <laughs> and when May Jeffrey Johnson says he's bellowing like a cow, I said, yeah, he's bellowing so you can understand, let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me but you were out day. there defending him too, though. Yes. You were out there telling people, come, they come into trouble, Milo Butler. And do you know, by the time I got back to the house, it was Sunday that afternoon, the house was surrounded Which by was, people. Wow. People left their jobs and came. Wow. Because when Samilo spoke, they know Samilo ain't looking for nothing. All he wants to do is to help his people. That's for sure. So let me ask you a question. As you have, and you're able to look back in hindsight, in retrospect, what is it that we, as the Bahamian people, what have we gotten wrong? What, what, how, and how we've portrayed Sir Lyndon? What is it that you think? That where we've been unfair or maybe unjust, specifically to Sir Lyndon, Sir Lyndon and, and his, his memory and his memory. legacy. You answer. Honey. <laughs> no, it might be a better question for you, Lady mm-hmm. Pillen, because you you live so much of this. Yeah, because they misunderstood. They, they loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people loved Pindling, and Pindling loved the people. He's yeah. in. I don't care what they say or try to do. He's in the hearts yeah. of the Bahamian people. Because when I saw, especially that drone the other evening, yes, wasn't that spectacular? Oh my goodness, it was just so beautiful. So what 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 she's talking about is we had a drone light show, Absolutely. and the last depiction was the portrait of Sir Lyndon, and the crowd became when, euphoric. Wow. wow, it's just that it won't give him credit yeah. for whatever reason. But I mean, you can't keep a good man down even in death. Amen. Because I'm as long as I'm alive, you remember that name. Yeah. And, and, and what, what do you think, Holly? I don't know that at that time in his heyday that people got anything wrong. I think the the message gets lost in translation over time. And that is because of a lack of education. That is because of a lack of engagement and involvement over the generations. I think that now, because we aren't clear on our history, because there aren't these books and these lessons to clarify and outline and highlight what was done. People think what they want, they say what they want, and they judge you before they get a chance to ask a question. So I'm gonna challenge you, Holly. I'm gonna throw this challenge out there to you. I know that your mom and those had started um, the Legacy Ball, and you know, whatever that Legacy Foundation was for Pindling. I'm gonna challenge you, 
and your generation to tell the Pindling story in the words that would make your grandfather proud so that we can have the written story Mm -hmm. so that people can understand a broader sense of the history. We know what we remember, Mm -hmm. but people have selective memories. Mm -hmm. And And that's the thing. And so it's important while your grandmother still has breath in her body, Amen. while there are a few contemporaries that still have memories, we must challenge you. This is a part of what this the- This is bah- our challenge. This is mm-hmm. our challenge. This is what the legacy of the Butler Foundation is about, mm-hmm. to challenge you and others to tell the story, please. It is because not- we need to have the story told. Mm-hmm. We have another 50 years and another 50 years, and these stories must, must be, be told. told. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add, this is extremely important because what we find is our generations who don't know the story. And, it's- and this is why we've invited you to be a part of this because we want all your friends to hear these stories mm-hmm. of Lady Pinlin that mm-hmm. you didn't know about Samilo and Salindon mm-hmm. because otherwise, how do they know? I mean, they look at you and they, again, they see the... Mm-hmm. the benefits of the legacy, mm-hmm. but they don't know the struggles of the yeah. legacy. It's because I think, um, I started to say when I talked about the building of the schools and family islands, when we took over, there was so much to be done. Yep. The, the islands were neglected. You had to build schools and roads and docks because you know we have to, you're, well, how do you say that? An archipelago. Anything we do once, we have to multiply. Numerous and times. there's so many islands to get their little piece. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and 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 because everybody didn't, and we became greedy. Yep. I could use that word because Absolutely. I know it has happened to us, you know. And uh, we wanted all, and I told him that he might be prime minister, but he is the prime minister yeah, of the Bahamas, the not only prime minister of South Andros. Yeah. Everybody must get their piece. Everybody must get their piece, yeah. but, and and that is important. I think also when we talk about. Um, governance today. Mm -hmm. It is so important for people to realize that if you want to give service to country and you want to represent country, then go there and represent country. Do not go there for um, self-engrandizement or, you know, for enrichment, but But to make a difference to the country, to make it a better place. It wasn't the, 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 First government of this country were all scholars, as you probably yeah. know. They were all government high school scholars wanting the same things for their Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Some of them couldn't wait and they jumped ship and all that. Thanks be to God, we've reached this far. By faith. Few, you know. That's right. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we got greedy, like I said, and we couldn't wait. We, they wanted all, and because he couldn't get, everybody couldn't get what they want. You know, they, they had other things, obviously. But to, like I started to say then, it was about country and not self. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't about a salary and how much you're paying me and all of that. And that is why the first order of business, I think, for our first government was to education give, give a salary to the House members so they don't mm-hmm. do any, you know. Underhanded things. Under, well, yeah. At least we hoped. We hoped, mm-hmm. you know. And, and today, as we look back, not just uh, New Providence in particular, but, you know, Andros is the fifth largest island in the Caribbean, Caribbean region. Yep. Um, it is a huge untapped um, 
wealth. The breadbasket of the Absolutely. Uh, there is so much in Andros in terms of natural resources that a lot of people don't even understand, whether it's the rich um, coconut oil that comes from South Andros or the western side of Andros, which is really a huge ecosystem for the world. Yeah. And you know all of these things, North Andros and the basket yeah. weavers and the Indians that went there. When we look at Andros and we look at the Bahamas, you're a woman that came from the humble beginnings of South Andros. What do we say to those Androsians that are there today to give them hope for the next 50 I years? I don't know. I, I haven't visited for a little while, so I'm, I'm out of touch with them. Um, but I wanted to say something to you about, we'll get back to that, about Lyndon Pinling, the man, the husband. Yes. Lyndon Pinling was a good man. Lyndon Pinling was an honest man. Mm -hmm. Lyndon Pilling was a Christian gentleman to the core that I learned of after his passing. And I knew that there was something special about him because he never, he never held grudges. He never came home and downed play anybody or anything in our presence. He never in, encouraged any gossiping. If I ask a question, he will answer it. No more, no less. If I'm waiting for more, you look up and say, yes, is there anything else? <laughs> and so I always knew my place, and that is why my job was to stand beside him. Mm -hmm. I knew him better than anybody else, and I know he was a good man. He did his best for his people. Mm -hmm. He gave the Bahamas his all. Mm -hmm. His all from 1956 to night, whenever he stepped aside. It was 60-something years, I told you that I stepped out on the political stage at the age of 24 mm -hmm. in 1956. And so I must know a little bit about the man that I stayed with all these years, oh, who absolutely. gave his whole family to mm -hmm. this country, left me and my children some island, some evenings, I don't even know what island he was on. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have mobile phones That's back sure. then. You can't track nothing. So you can't track you no can't, one, you, you can't, can't call. Next thing I know, he's been dynamited on the docks in Marsha. I remember he was teaching him about, about independence, explaining independence, and they almost killed a poor man. So you can imagine when I hear this version of Papa, and then I get the other version yep. that people discuss, and it makes me feel emotional because... This was a loving man who instilled these lessons in all of us, education, empowerment, bohemianization, eco rights, all of these things. And yet you ask, are we up to the, are we up to the challenge? Are we up to the we task? Are. We are. We can do it. We should be. We are. Like I, I was interviewed the other day by somebody else and I told them the then government stepped out on faith yes. in God and trust and faith in their Bahamian people. They believed in the Bahamian people. They believed the Bahamian people entrusted their country and their lives to the then government. And I think we have done a tremendous job f after 50 years. We have come such a long way without any bloodshed. Yes. Yes, a few fellows have gone astray. If we had National Youth Service, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in today. Mm. When Pilling wanted to ins ins introduce it, they said he should get his own children, let him build his own army. Mm. But where are we today? I think you're right, my mom. I know I'm right. <laughs> but I think what the breakdown occurs with what Frank Franklin's saying across the generations, that feeling, that passion, that desire Isn't there. is not there. And so, yes, are we up to the challenge? In her mind, in her generation, absolutely, because that was her life. She fought that. You ask me that question, am I up to the challenge? With every ounce of my heart, I want to say yes. But the truth is, 
I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Will my colleagues, my peers, will they support the mission mm-hmm. to step up to that challenge? Do I want to put myself in that <clears throat> public eye? They don't want Do I want to live in that fishbowl anymore than I currently am? And I think while the story has been told, because there have been books written, Mama has, ri- has a book written about her, I think what we can do is further his legacy through the goals and the pillars of Bahamian life that he has instilled. And that is through national service, that is through public service, that's through education, that's through healthcare, that's through access, that's through coming home and giving back through the fruits of your labor. And I think that is the route that our generation is more keen to deliver on. Whether that be on the political front line, I'm not sure. But it, it, it's challenging yeah. because I wish that we had her passion. But what I'm hearing you say essentially is this, is that while you understand everything that they've done, mm-hmm. And while you're grateful for everything they've done, it is very hard to put yourself yep. back out mm-hmm. on the firing line. Um, and I can understand that because a lot of people would not appreciate the pain yep. yeah. that many of us carry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very difficult to overcome pain and pain not just from a weapon yeah words yeah. from mm. words yeah. and that that's probably sometimes more yeah, painful than, it's, the, it's, um, than the weapons and at growing up you know we've, we were shielded from it yeah. but there's only, only so much shielding that can be done and people ask all the time oh what was that like growing up like that or how did you deal with it <laughs> deal with it yeah. you just did absolutely so how do we get a pindling or a descendant of De Marguerite and Sir Lyndon Pinling engaged once again and galvanized to carry forward those ideals that, that your grandfather fought for. Yeah. I, think you're, I think we're living it. Among us, there are chartered accountants, IT engineers, business analysts, compliance analysts, human resources specialists. We have a budding artist, you know, coming up in our family and we are representing that dream that he saw for these Bahamians. Are we going to spearhead that movement on a political line? I'll speak for myself and say maybe not. I wouldn't say it's out of the window and I don't know what Papa's thinking as I say that, (laughs) but we're doing it. Well, let me share something with you then just to give you some inspiration. Sure. When I was young and in school, and I always was very vocal, and I don't think I've changed much, no, I was always told that I was going to get into politics. And I said, you've got to be crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have got to be crazy. Obviously, I took a different route. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it brought a lot of angst in some quarters. It brought a lot of ridicule in other mm-hmm. areas. But the bottom line is I did take the plunge, mm-hmm. even though I thought it was not my path. At a cost. And Yes, at a great cost. 
But at the end of the day, I think the most gratifying thing is to actually get out there and do it. Absolutely. Because there are persons who are still waiting for others to do it. Absolutely. And we must be bold. Mm -hmm. We must be bold. We not just as legacy families, but as women, as men, as you know, we must be bold because the only way we're going to make our country, mm -hmm. yes, we have all of these professions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm a funeral director. Mm -hmm. That's my profession. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we all have the talent to leverage change on a national level. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to challenge you. you. Keep speaking to Holly. I like I'm, keep I'm, I'm going to challenge you and, you know, and, and, and your cousins and others that, you know, people still look to us. Mm -hmm. People still look to us um, to make that change. Mm -hmm. It may not be you. Mm -hmm. But when you sit around on a Sunday afternoon, oh, yeah. you know, and you're talking, there is so much more that we can do. But and this, it's not because you want to build a dynasty. No. It's because you actually have it in your genes. Mm -hmm. This conversation is a start. This conversation isn't. I love it. I love it. I love it. So oh, this is serving the purpose. Well, all, all this like is serving says, the purpose. I don't think enough people have the fire in the belly yet. Yeah. Well, we're gonna put some fire mm -hmm. in that belly because let me tell you, I didn't have it either. But you know, it it grows and it grows the more engaged you become, and sometimes it happens serendipitously. Mm -hmm. And I would just add, you know, Loretta knows this has been a two-year and waiting project. Mm -hmm. I said, Loretta, we got to do something, man. Like, mm -hmm. I was pretty frustrated. Honestly, in our family, we had a buck of some Milo. Yeah. We couldn't agree on the And your mother's a fireball. Exactly, right? It so is. I'm like, what are we going to do with this thing? I'm like, Loretta, 50th anniversary is coming up. The deal was, I would find a way to make it happen, but I ain't going to be no host. Mm -hmm. Boy, we asked family, family take forever to respond. Mm -hmm. yeah. At the end of it, Holly, I came to the point, listen, Loretta called me Christmas. Christmas. Frankly, we got to do, do it. Well. It's 50th anniversary, we got to get on with it. And I can tell you, mm -hmm, it's going over well. Because I've been on this hosting this podcast with Loretta, I've learned so much about myself. Yeah, I had no idea. So, because when you no, hear the stories of somebody, you start saying to yourself, "Jesus, boy, that's." Because mm -hmm. you feel it, you know. You yeah. you feel something. You feel feeling. it. Mm -hmm. So when when you said when it's a feeling. Talk about the PLB being it a feeling. It is a feeling. <laughs> and you can and then a movement. And you can and you can spot them a mile away. That's mm -hmm. the point. So the point I'm making, Holly, is that. Continue to have the conversations, and that's mm -hmm. really what we're hoping to do. Mm -hmm. That's why we didn't just want Lady Pinnan. We wanted the next generation because mm -hmm. if we don't start to have the conversations mm -hmm. at our level, we will never get the feeling. First of all, we people have to don't build know up. the story of Lady of Lady Pinlin and, mm -hmm. and what she went through and how Samilo sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm delighted to have you here, Lady Pinlin, just to to tell your story and, and to, to give and to and give and Holly the feeling. Well, and give Holly the feeling. <laughs> and give Holly the feeling <laughs> because it gives context. There's so many of the big moments because we only hear the big moments. Mm -hmm. Majority rule. You only hear about yeah. independence, but you only hear about the struggle and how they meet on sudden recreational oh park my. and all that went on behind the behind the scenes. But we have to happen. trust one another. That trust. Mm -hmm. In the early days, it was trust and love and loyalty. Yeah. Trust, love, love and, and loyalty. loyalty. Can't beat it. Yeah. And if you can't trust them, if you're not loyal, <laughs> then you, you know we had several things happened. I mean, in that mm -hmm. road. And that road to to coming to becoming where we are today, the road like to I, fifty, like I like I could tell them, boy, we may not be where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. That's, That's sure. right, Amen. and that is a mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful way we can think of it. Praise I just want to touch a little bit on this whole thing about trust, love, and loyalty. Mm -hmm. It takes me back to one of our very early podcasts where we had um, 
one of the still living uh, signatories. signatories to the, the Constitution, Constitution, Loftus Roker. And, you know, he spoke to us about the financial challenges yeah. that, um, you know, the black people would have had in trying to create what was then the PLP mm -hmm. and everything. And one of the lessons that I took away and you just echoed in that was that they had to trust each other. Mm -hmm. They had to lean on each other and be loyal and supportive to each other. Mm -hmm. um, whatever limited resources each you one had, had yeah. yep. they, had to go, to they had to go and share, share it. Mm -hmm and to make sure that the best results came out. And so, you know, that is important. I don't know that we love our brother that much, much. today. No. I don't know that we love our sister that much today. But once again, I'm going to implore you as a legacy family mm -hmm. to carry this conversation, to carry this feeling, to grow this fire in your belly mm -hmm. because we have 50 more years to go and there's still some pillars to be built upon. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I would just go, uh, and as we think about wrapping up is, as we think about the next 50 years, what are your hopes, Lady Pinling, for the Bahamas, Holly? And perhaps even you, Loretta, might want to give your perspective on what are your hopes for the next 50 years? Well, I just hope in the you. next 50 years we'd have a woman prime minister. Amen. All right. I knew she would say that. Because we know how to get the job done. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And we could do it, right? I, I fully agree. And we're going to be making sure that we build um, institutions <laughs> um, where women can feel secure yes. to go out there and pursue not just being the leader, no, mm -hmm. but to be um, effective um, in, their, in their spheres so that they can become the national leader. And so, yes, m they may very well be sitting here. Holly doesn't know what the future holds for her. Politically. And, um, pardon? Politically. No, you don't. You don't know what the future holds, whether it's politically or, or otherwise. otherwise. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, if we could inspire some young, young women, mm -hmm. you know, to realize that they can, in fact, not just be the supporting role. But they could be the leaders. Absolutely. And, 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 Lady and, we, Pen, I want you and, to continue and, that. Before we go, and, and, and try to instill in our young people, you don't have to be a lawyer or a doctor. You can be the best carpenter. This is another thing that we need to talk about. There's trade, there's love, and there's, there's um, what's that word? In, 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 in hard work. That's there's right. nothing wrong with hard work. The sweater you brought, the Bible Integrity. Telling. Bread. Integrity. And Our grandmother used to tell us all the time, yeah. and she would demonstrate it yeah, by yeah. the sweat of your brow, brow. You eat, eat bread. bread, and that's the way they used to do it. That's right. You know, but I think a lot of people think that it's an easy road. It's not an it's easy not road. It's not an easy road. And anything worth achieving is worth fighting for. Is worth fighting for. Anything else you wish for for the next fifty years, Lady Penn, before I move on? Just to make sure that we have a woman prime minister. A woman prime minister. And so far, I can't think of anything else right now. Okay, go ahead, Ollie. And your, your thoughts, any thoughts for the next 50 years? So in the next 50 years, I would echo the sentiments that were shared in your previous episode on women in the Bahamas. I hope that we have equal, equal rights for women as men in this country. I hope that we can eliminate all violence against women in this country and their associated court rulings. I hope that we can establish opportunities for young Bahamians to come home and have the opportunity to climb that ladder in their professional realms, in, in their industries. Economic growth 
growth for young people and appropriate compensation so that not only do they come home, but they want to come home and can make a difference in their, in their communities. And I hope for mentorship. I think the problem that we have is that we're not bringing young people into the front line of politics with appropriate mentorship. I think people feel that this job is a, is a, is a selfish one and it's a selfless one. Absolutely. And we need to teach young people that what we do is for country as you said, and what we do is for our brother, for our sister. And in the next 50 years, I, I want to bottle that up and I want to give that to every single person that we can. So beautiful. Loretta, any thoughts for you? Next well, I can tell you, I think that one of the things that I would like to see happen is, and I think Holly, Holly spoke to it earlier, is ownership within our country. Mm -hmm. We've got to make sure that our people feel that the opportunity is there for them to yeah. own. Mm -hmm. um, in many instances, people feel that they are, they're not able yeah. to own a piece of the dream, the Bahamian dream. Mm -hmm. They're not able to afford a piece of the land that our forebears fought for. So in order to attract the brain, the persons that probably feel there's no way to make it here, we've got to present opportunities to bring them back. And maybe in our national development um, evolution and our plan, we will create ways to ensure that Bahamians actually own the land. And uh, I, I could say though, that in the next 50 years, I hope that we'd be able to experience the more love, peace and love among our people mm -hmm. and trust I can't emphasize that word enough. And to go back to church, I think the problem lies in this country today because we have taken God out, out of, of the everything. picture mm -hmm. because he was there in 67. Absolutely. And everything came together and the love, we were able to feel the love and affection among our people. But today, we don't even know who our neighbors are. Yep. So well said. Yep. On that note, Franklin, I think that, you know, I don't think we could have said it any better. We couldn't say it any better. You know. And so Dame Marguerite, I want to again personally thank you on behalf of Loretta and I for joining us for this conversation. It has been incredible. I, every time I leave these conversations, I feel uplifted because I know a little bit more about who I am, a little bit more about our national history. And to have you is just a joy. Thank you for your years of service. Thank you for the sacrifice you made on behalf of all of us Bahamian citizens and those who benefit from the Bahamas as, as a home for just standing in the gap with Selinden and Samilo and Lady Caroline and those who've gone before. Holly, thank you for joining us as well. Very proud to see you prepared to step up and to be on this platform. Thank My you. hope for the next 50 years is there are more platforms like this that we're, where we're not just telling our story, but people like you are telling your stories as well because more of this needs to be told or else we will not appreciate what the next 50 years. It'll, it'll be only about the material things and not about the lessons and the struggles and the indomitable spirit as one former prime minister used to talk mm -hmm. because that's really the feeling mm -hmm. that I think uh, I, I, I hear I, Lady uh, Dame Marguerite talk about. I want to thank the Bahamian people for the love and support they have given my husband over the many years he spent trying to be a good prime minister for them in this country. He did his best. Mm -hmm. He made plenty of mistakes, but they were all in the best interests of the country and its people. He loved you then, and I know he loves you now in spirit, and I want you to continually pray for me that God will give me the strength and spare my life a couple more years. I got some more work to do, yep. yes, according to Mr. Butler. That's for mm -hmm. sure. But and to thank like, again the Bahamian people for the love and the trust and the warmth they have shared with him, to him, through him, and now through me. I want to say thank you and I love you. 
Thank you. Thank you for Thank the you. elegance, the grace, um, everything that you've brought along with you, the beauty, and that that you're passing on to your generations and to us as Bahamians. Thank you very, very much. This has been an amazing exchange mm. and discussion with you both today. Thank you. I'm sure that if nothing else, people are going to find the optics very pleasing because yes. we've got two beautiful <laughs> guests. And Franklin, in closing, once again, I just would like to thank you for being an amazing co-host. And we'd like to thank the sponsors here at Baharmar yes. and the Echo Gallery for sponsoring this podcast, right. along with Pretty the true. Butler Legacy Foundation. I am just always delighted to be a part of this. Thank you very much. I can't end this without thanking you, my dear cousin. <laughs> I am nothing without you. Oh. See that? Oh. <laughs> my private life He's experience. He's done this is before. What, this is oh. the magic. Oh. So I just want to thank you again for being a part of this. And to our listeners who continue to enjoy, to enjoy this podcast on YouTube, yeah. podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry, um, and of course Spotify, please join us. We have many great episodes to come, and we hope that you continue to enjoy these fantastic episodes where we get to tell the story of the Butler legacy and inspire yeah. other families like the Pinlings and others to tell their stories and continue to be an inspiration to all of us as Bahamians as we think about 50 years of independence. Praise Thank you, Lord. and Lord. a great show. God bless. Thank you. God Thank bless you. you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Independence.